Welcome to the Wounded Healers Podcast. I'm Janessa. And I'm Amy. We were brought together by our shared wound of an autoimmune condition in our early 20s. This is a place where we explore our wounds with our listeners and guests who recognize the challenges of being human in hopes of helping all of us let Let the the light light in. in. Hey, Amy, how's it going? Hi, Janessa. I am really good. How are you doing? I am doing pretty good here. Um, It's, you know, we're like segueing into fall right now. And just to like really jump into things, the pumpkin spice latte was released in California this past week. Um, So I suspect that's like everywhere. I'm sure it's not special to California, but um, I'm pretty stoked about that. How about you? Love that. I do think the pumpkin spice latte might be out here. I'm not sure. I think so. I don't go, I'm not always in the Starbucks. I never leave my flat really. (laughs) But um, I feel like I might have seen some things on social media about it. Um, But yeah, either way, I know it is the first. um, It was the first day of autumn last week. So absolutely loving those vibes. I'm ready. We haven't really had much of a summer here this year. So I'm ready to kind of just skip straight into autumn and get cozy. Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. Cool girl winter. I'm feeling it. (laughs) But yeah, that brings us into our topic for hot or not I've already spoiled it but what do you think about pumpkin spice (laughs) lattes I think it's clear that I stand on the side of hot because (laughs) I think life is just so can get in such a rut that a new freaking latte sometimes is all you need to spice it up a little bit before work and I'm here for it totally here for it Yes, you you know, that is so true about the pumpkin spice, especially because it's really seasonal. So it really does make you like live in the present moment and be like, oh, like what's going on? Loving the vibes, loving the the seasonal spices. Like I completely get that. It is, it sets the mood, it sets the tone for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I just have to say for me, I just I'm not into the the syrupy coffees never have been probably never will be so on that basis alone it's like a not hot and I also I can only have one coffee a day because I'm I go absolutely psychotic basically if I have more than two coffees and I stay up until like <laughs> three in the morning so I really have to limit the, the coffees um so my one coffee a day I would I probably wouldn't make it a pumpkin spice latte but maybe I would do like a little decaf on a cold a cold autumn evening so I'd kind of have it in like replacement of like a hot chocolate type thing for a warming Mm. moment um also they are they are ever so slightly dare I say overdone now and I think did I I think I say that about more (laughs) I think that's like my harsh (laughs) that's my harshest critique that I give every hot or not I think I said that about Crocs um but yeah the whole um like the pumpkin spice aesthetic I just I think we're seeing it everywhere and um Mm -hmm. yeah you know there's a part of me that loves it but there's also a part of me that's just like already sick of hearing about it (laughs) yeah so I think for this go on uh yeah Oh, no, I was going to say, I have, like, surrendered to my inner basic bitch on this one front. There's so many things I'm like, nope, I will not become a part of that. And you guys, like, 
this happened like quicksand. Like I was so resistant. And then I had one and I was like, okay, <laughs> like, I'm in. <laughs> no, I love that. As you should, as you should. But, you know, they always say like, there's a reason basic things are loved by the masses and it's because they're so lovable, you know? Mm-hmm. Very true. Like, go, just get with it, get with it. They're lovable, yeah. they're great. And yes. so yeah, I respect it. You can think pumpkin spice is hot and there's a little part of me that has time for them, but I'm not a, I'm not a mass consumer for the pumpkin spice. I mean, all right. Well, we're split down the middle then, I feel split like. And middle. that's yeah. <laughs> and that will resonate everyone. with a lot of the listeners. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, um, <laughs> speaking of resonating, so today's topic for our episode is surgeries and I'm sure you guessed that from pumpkin spice clearly (laughs) but we wanted to talk to you all about um, both of our experiences with the surgeries we've had done um, that Mm -hmm. are in regards to RA that are related in some way so um, yeah so I'll get I guess I'll get us started yeah you get us started because your your surgery was gnarly and intense so let's start the let's start them off with a suit well mine was kind of gnarly and intense as well but I think I think yours (laughs) yours maybe slightly more so so let's creep them out (laughs) all right so the year um was about like 2019 I like the way I'm starting this like a book the year was um (laughs) (laughs) as if it's like a dystopian universe yep (laughs) The skies were gray. The pumpkin slice lattes were everywhere. (laughs) But um, yeah, so in 2019, um, I had graduated college in 2017. So it had been like two years since graduation. And I just remember my right arm specifically, like my elbow was always really painful for me. Um, But it was becoming like more painful to the point where I didn't want to move it. So in 2019, I noticed that my elbow was starting not to open very much. Like it was starting to be very difficult to open. It would get kind of stuck. Um, And I was starting to not use it as much, which I would not recommend. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I avoided it. And by doing that, I later on in this story of my surgery, you'll hear that's not the best thing I did for myself. But I did communicate with my rheumatologist at the time that, you know, I was experiencing a lot of pain in my elbow. But since I was in another state, I had to wait for a little while to come back and actually see her. And when I did see her, she ordered some x-rays on my elbow. And in the x-rays, they were seeing um, like joint narrowing and they were seeing like a very, like a pretty significant loss of cartilage. Um, Mm -hmm. so from there she talked to me about physical therapy. So I started that and, um, with physical therapy, the hope was to see if we were able to get the elbow to open back up and maybe start creating more like healthy synovial fluid in the joint. So I did that. I want to say for about four months, I went to physical therapy and the physical therapist was really awesome that I had. I actually really liked this one. But she was very honest and was saying, you know, this is as much as I can do for you. And it seems to me that, like, if you want to get some 
more mobility back and be in less pain, you might want to, um, you know, talk to your rheumatologist and to an orthopedic surgeon because there's not much I can do with how far it's kind of progressed and Mm -hmm. deteriorating. So she was very honest, very open, appreciated it. Um, But that was really tough for me to hear because I was still like, yeah, I was close to like my mid mid twenties and um yeah, I was still figuring life out as if I'm not now. Okay. I'm still figuring life out, but I was extra <laughs> figuring it out then. And um yeah, it just felt like a lot to hear, a lot that, you know, a specific joint was like really going out. And um so yeah. I talked to my rheumatologist and we considered a few options, but she was just saying at this point, it's really like surgery or we could just continue to do like steroid injections into the joint to try and hopefully alleviate it. But the problem with that is you can only do that so many times per year and that was uh, not sufficing. It was like constantly in pain. Mm-hmm. So yeah so i was just super sad about that and i was actually working in the medical field and um so this made it very achievable for me to be able to get this operation done and why i say that is because um for paying for it insurance wise i had the insurance of the medical company like the whole clinic oh good yeah so that was really a win right then um And I think if I look back on it now, like, I really think that was truly a blessing. And while that job wasn't great for me, like, it left me feeling a lot of ways, at least it really made the surgery very affordable and almost completely covered. Mm. Um, So I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. Um, But to get into the surgery, I met with this doctor who... Um, is an orthopedic surgeon and we met ahead of time and basically what he did is he reviewed my x-rays and he ordered an MRI um, of the elbow so I went and got that done Um, once that was done we reviewed that together and then he ordered an EMG which is like um, an electric kind of I'm not sure how I would describe this basically they have these tiny tiny needles that have like electric pulses and they put it into your arm to see if your nerves are responsive to that so um my nerves were not very responsive to that specifically by the ulna nerve um so that was important to get done because the podiatrist or not podiatrist wow sorry (laughs) um my surgeon different doctor um (laughs) my surgeon was saying you know when they go in um what they're gonna need to do is they're gonna reshape the bone because I had bone spurs and then in one of the x-rays he believed he saw two cysts in the joint as well so he would need to you know like release those um and remove them and then (laughs) to add on and then um he was saying since the ulna nerve was not very responsive it was most likely due to the amount of swelling um in the elbow so what he described is that between the nerve there's muscles and tissue um, that are holding it like in place but since those muscles and tissues are so inflamed it was like pressing up against the nerve and the function of like the impulse going up the nerve was being cut short so it like wouldn't go all the way up so I like couldn't feel certain things um 
So he was like, we are going to like move your ulna nerve and transfer it to the other side of your arm. So your ulna nerve, like if you like lift your arm up and you find the inside of your elbow that would like face your rib cage, right where your elbow bone is, if you locate that and you just move it up towards the part that meets your rib cage, like your ulna nerve sits in there. There's like, it runs through there. So that's where it was like painful Mm -hmm. and where I wasn't able to feel a lot of things. Um, So with all that said, we decided to go with an open synovectomy, which is really just in terms that I can comprehend, is it's cut right down the middle of the elbow where they pull sorry guys it's kind of gross they pull the skin apart and then (laughs) they go in and they reshape bone and do whatever they're going to do in there um so that's what I had done and a lot of people asked me around that time like why wouldn't you get an elbow like joint replacement Mm -hmm. and that's a really valid question and actually I thought that's what I was going to do Um, But the first time I met up um, with the orthopedic surgeon, he told me something that literally blew my mind. I had no idea. He was like, we won't be, we shouldn't be doing that because he's like elbow joints, like um, artificial elbow joints have a lifetime of about five to seven years. So you would need to get it changed out within potentially five to seven years, depending how often you use it. And he Mm. said that, and he said that and it blew my mind because I was under the impression that when you get a joint replacement, like it's in there for the rest of your life and you're good. And yeah, um, same. Yeah. So it was just like very weird to find that out. And I said, you know, but like, I know a lot of older people who have joint replacements. Like I'm thinking like people are in their elderly years and he's like, yeah. And mm-hmm. he was like, knees can last up to like, I think he said it was like 15 years a knee um, joint can last up to. Um, and that's like on the longer end of things. But he was saying like, you know, you don't hear about it because a lot of the time older people who get these joint replacements, they are not usually going to be here for 15 years, meaning they do pass away before the joint needs to be replaced again. And so yeah. I was just like really shook by all that. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And so, yeah, it just I mean, felt like I a just lot. Want to quickly, mm-hmm. yeah, I want to just jump in because... I just think this is so, these are such intense things to hear in your like mid twenties or early twenties. And listening to you tell this story, which is the same way I do it as well. Just casually explain things that happened as if they weren't like kind of life shattering events, but like here going through this, like processing that when you're really young and you've just been diagnosed with a disease like this was within the first few years of your diagnosis wasn't it it's like that is just so terrifying to take on board and such an incredible thing to face into so I just yeah I just wanted to take a moment for everyone that's listening that has like gone through things like this like it's just it's no mean feat to have these things happen to you and process them and get on with it yeah no, definitely. I love that you said that because it's it's so strange now being like three years removed from the surgery. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you just kind of re-account it as fact. But in the moment, you're yeah. right, Amy. It was so, so overwhelming. I felt a lot of emotions. I felt actually yeah. really angry. Like that's one thing I don't think that I've yeah. talked much about with the surgery. But I was mm-hmm. so angry with like... 
I don't know if it'd be the world or with source or what God or whatever you want to call it but like I was really angry because I was just like wait a sec I don't think you know you kind of get in that headspace where like it is easy to slip into a like a mentality of like what did I do to deserve this or like why me and I definitely was in there I was like why Mm -hmm. is this happening to me and why is it happening at such a young age like I just don't understand so yeah yeah, grappling those feelings is really tough that's like half the battle it's not only is Mm -hmm. it physical but it's so emotional and mental as well yeah and um, yeah so basically the the joint replacement it blew my mind because I really was like what these things have to be changed out (laughs) like what the yeah so he was explaining to me that and he used the word prudent he's like we should remain prudent in this way because if you um you know if you do live to a ripe age of like 75 or older like the odds are you're gonna have to get that joint replaced five to six times Mm -hmm. in your life He's like, and every time we reopen up the same area, there's more risk of infection. There's risk of it not healing properly. um, And just like the risk factors just keep going up. So um, I was pretty much just like, you know, yeah, let's just go with the open synovectomy and um, we'll just see what we can get back in terms of mobility. And it was very like known to me and I, I should make it clear that, you know, nobody was telling me I was going to get full mobility back that was not on the table um they were very realistic and they're like if anything you'll get like maybe two to three inches of um space between like your so if you're on the inside of your arm like the opposite side from your elbow where there's that crease like that was so stuck like I couldn't even put my finger like between the crease of my arm it was stuck at like a 90 degree angle And um, so they were Mm -hmm. hoping to give me at least maybe an inch or two back of uh, room there. And so, yeah, so what happened is I got my surgery done um, July 13th of 2020. And um, if you if you're listening, I'm sure you lived through 2020. And so, (laughs) yeah, you know that that was the (laughs) pandemic year. And um, I had to fight really hard to still get the surgery. There was a lot of extra things I had to do because it was so new, the pandemic. It had like shut things down in March. And at that time they were only doing a few surgeries like a week Mm -hmm. for like non, um, the type of surgery I had is not considered like an emergency surgery, which is totally understandable. So they were only doing like one to two of those a week. Um, and I fought to get mine done and I knew the odds and I understood what was going on. Um, but I really couldn't live in the amount of pain I was living in anymore. Um, and also it was just like, it just felt like, you know, it's the pandemic. Things are shut down. If I'm going to take months off from work to heal, this is the best Mm -hmm. time for me. Mm -hmm. Um, so I got it done July 13th of 2020 um zach dropped me off in menlo park california at this little surgery center and before i went in um i have to say the night before i was extremely emotional um like it really just like dawned on me that i was gonna go in and i was gonna sign this waiver and they were gonna put me under and i was like wow this is Mm -hmm. (laughs) this is a lot because Mm -hmm. i don't know your head just goes to all these scary places and mine went to like what if I don't wake up? That was like my biggest thought. Like, what if I don't wake up from this? And, um, so yeah, I cried a lot the night before I journaled. Um, I talked to Zach and Jess was, (laughs) I, poor Zach, he is such a 
amazing husband and at the time we were just engaged but I was talking to him and I'm like if I don't make it out of this surgery and he was like okay let's not say that and I was like if I don't and I was like telling him all these things you know and um he just (laughs) took it so well and was like you're gonna be okay like it's gonna be okay um so yeah he dropped me off they prepped me um an interesting thing that happens I guess or happened for me is they had me take a pregnancy test right before the surgery, mm-hmm. which was really strange, but I get it. They were like, you can't be pregnant if you're going under um, in this way. And I was like, okay. So that, they're like, are you pregnant? I was like, nope. And they're like, are you 100% sure? I was like, I'm 100% sure. And they're like, great. We're going to have you take this pregnancy test anyway. So <laughs> I did. And they're like, yeah, you're oh, not pregnant. God. I was like, great. Um, but <laughs> then they gave me these socks that have like little like – you know the little stoppers like on the bottom of socks like yeah. these little like yep so they gave me those because they're like if you're gonna walk later we don't want you falling oh, and this helps with like slipping and stuff so yeah so then before the surgery your surgeon comes into your room um I was lucky enough to have like my own room there and they thought that I was gonna spend two to three nights there originally wow yeah, but because of the pandemic, they monitored me for two hours after the surgery and then had mm. me go home because it was more of a risk to have someone in a hospital at that point yeah, than that to yeah. be home. Um, so um, the surgeon came in. He marked up my arm with X's for, like, where they are going to do the incisions. And he, like, made me confirm it was the right yeah. arm, like, all the legal yeah. stuff. And I was like, You're yeah, like, oh, don't right. let me – don't make me confirm it. You're the yeah, surgeon. I know. Yeah. Like, please, no. <laughs> You're like, I don't know, actually. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. You start, qu- you start questioning <laughs> yourself. You're like, is it that one? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Let's do all of it. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so he came in. I signed this waiver and – they wheeled me back like 30 minutes later into the operation room and that was interesting because you're already on like this like so you like you're in your little socks and your little like nightgown thing for the hospital which by the way is the worst thing to close if you have RA like who the fuck can reach those strings like why did they do that to anyone um so yes so you know we got I got into the surgery room and then I got up on this like bed operating table thing and um it was everything happened so fast like there's like a whole team of people in there and they're like hi like what we're gonna do is have you lay down we're gonna strap down your legs and your arms and um we're gonna start giving you you know the um like oh gosh what is it called now it's totally escaping my mind Anesthet- but anesthetic anesthet- yep that's yeah. it amy yes they're gonna give me the anesthetic and they're like and in a few minutes like you'll be totally asleep and then you'll be back up in your room with a nurse like at the end and that'll be that and i was like okay mm. but it was just really weird to have like so they had like a strap that went over my forehead to like stabilize my head oh, wow. and then they were like strapping down my hands and my feet and i was just like oh, oh my god. god i don't know and so then this guy like came over and was like, okay, like, we're giving you the aesthetic now. And, like, then he, like, was like, how was your day? And I was like, it's been – and I don't remember anything after that. Like, and he was saying, like, I didn't even finish, like, that sentence. It <laughs> just – I was out. Um, so, yeah, they did the surgery. My surgeon said that while he was in there, like, he removed 
he shaved off multiple bone spurs, like we said, and he did remove two cysts. So he was right. Those were cysts. Um, he reshaped the bone completely and the joint completely. And, um, he removed the rheumatoid arthritis. So he actually like mm. carved it out of the joint, which is like mm. creepy. I know. Um, it's such a trip, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And like when he was in there, um, there was something on the x-ray previously where he thought there was like a tiny hole in my joint from the RA eating through it. And then he did confirm that after going in there. So he's like, you do have a uh. hole in like one of your bones. And I was like, okay, I don't know what that means, but thank you. <laughs> like, okay. Um, <laughs> And so, yeah, he did that. I woke up. The nurse was super sweet. Zach picked me up. I was so insanely out of it. And, like, any time I've been under anesthetics or anesthesia, I don't think I'm saying right, anesthesia, I've always woken up crying. And I don't know what this is about. Mm -hmm. And if anyone else has done that, let me know. Because I always feel so weird. I just wake up and I'm crying. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen that TikTok? of the girl where she had like a hairnet on and she wakes from up from her anesthetic crying because they took the hairnet off her oh no have you no. seen it oh my god I have to try and find it and send it to you but she's like oh. sobbing that she doesn't have it anymore and then oh. the tiktok like cuts to her with a hairnet back on her head like they gave one back to her it's gold it's gold I love the waking up from anesthetic videos oh my gosh oh I love that yeah <laughs> so okay good I'm not alone in the crying no. thing but yeah, it was it was interesting. They called Zach to come pick me up. He was staying at my grandparents' house, which was close to the surgery center, and he came pick me up. And uh, the healing process is something else that was very long, mm. so I'll just keep it very short. But I was like on a lot of painkillers. I was so out of it. I really couldn't tell you what day it was. I was lethargicy. Yeah, mm. I needed help showering um, because I had to put this like basically an arm condom I call it on it was like this plastic <laughs> condom type thing you put on your arm to like protect it from water and things so yep and a lot of like dressing changes to the staples and I think I had I think the end count was 40 staples 45 Whoa. 40 45 so it was, it was a lot um but yeah the healing was really really rough and harder than the surgery was the physical therapy yeah. that came after that was so fucked up <laughs> I'm sorry oh. <laughs> not to scare anyone who's getting their surgery done like go to physical therapy but oh my god I thought the surgery was gonna be the hard part that's not <laughs> so mm. but to sum that experience up it was a lot of things for me and one thing I am grateful for is that um through the surgery, through the physical therapy, and then through this, like, device called, like, a Dyna splint, which, like, dials your arm to, like, oh, force God. it open, and then mm. it dials it to force it close, and you wear it for, like, hours. Um, oh, my God. Between yes. all of those, I did get back some mobility, and, um, it, like, it was enough to, like, do a little bit more activities in my everyday life but the biggest yeah. thing for me is I wasn't in severe pain like every time yeah. I removed and I'm still not so I'm so grateful because there's always a chance of RA coming back into that joint mm -hmm. which is like a horrifying thought um but no I have not experienced that in the three years since the surgery so honestly I believe this surgery was definitely worth it for me yeah 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 good I mean yeah you can't put a price on not being in pain anymore mm -hmm. every day for sure 
yeah no it really alleviated a lot for me but Mm. yeah well thanks I'm like thanks for listening everyone thanks for going through my trauma with me um but yeah you're Mm. so brave you're so brave like the just the what you were like I I completely agree with you like the surgery is the easy part because like you basically don't even participate in that (laughs) truly like (laughs) you just turn up and then they do their thing and then you're out it is it's like the mental afterwards like being physically restricted being reliant on other people and forcing your body through physio exactly as you just said doing things that feel counter the intuitive Mm-hmm. when you just want to like curl everything up and leave it and let it heal but they're like stretch it out and you're like no please I don't want to stretch it yeah <laughs> like, yeah yeah and, and a all... thought oh, yeah a, a thought that came through for me when that happened is so I still had the staples in and they're making me like try and open mm-hmm. the arm and try and mm-hmm. close the arm I literally asked my PT I was like am I gonna bust these staples open like it felt so tight and he goes if you do you'd be the first patient and I was like please don't say that um (laughs) but then he was like no no like it's gonna be fine like it's you're way more um how do you say you're way more like durable your body's more durable than you think it is and that's so true yeah that is so true and you do learn that going through an experience like surgery for sure Mm-hmm. Totally. your body really surprises you yeah no it definitely does and I'd say the healing time for me I took work off for a month and a couple weeks um and then I went to work in like a splint um or with like a brace on and yeah. it healed up like officially I want to say it took like a good four to five months to really heal yeah mm-hmm. it does take a yeah it does take a long time to properly heal that's I think that's another thing people don't consider is like the length of healing time or like they'll say to you it's going to be this long but you know when you're like you're faced with no other choice you have to get it done you don't really think about it but then yeah afterwards you're just like can this just not be a thing anymore (laughs) I'm (laughs) so tired of this as a concept can we just kill it (laughs) exactly I'm done (laughs) yeah I'm done with this now thanks (laughs) well yeah so that's my surgery story and amy yours is pretty gnarly too i'd say so yeah whenever you're ready take it away girl (laughs) okay so the year was 2017 (laughs) Um, yes so yeah the year the year was 2017 so a little bit before you that it's only really like struck me today that Mm -hmm. i was having this this done like well just three years before you I I don't know why that just seems so weird it makes me feel like an absolute old timer (laughs) I feel like I'm like (laughs) like I've been doing this for years um but yeah so the year was 2017 and I was at I'm not as good with like dates as Janessa. Janessa just dropping like the actual full on calendar weekday that she had her operation. You're not going to get any of that from me, people. (laughs) But I remember it was summer. (laughs) Um, So I was at an appointment and I hadn't been able to bend my 
left middle finger for a while and like I mean I literally could not bend it at all like all my other fingers could like move into a fist my middle one couldn't which is kind of funny because obviously it's like flipping someone off um but you know like so much at that point I'd experienced so much stuff so many changes in my body so much pain I didn't I almost didn't even think that that was weird like I was just like oh it's another thing RA related like Mm -hmm. I can't bend my finger and I mentioned it to my rheumatologist and I was like, is this normal that I can't bend this? And he was like, no, that's not, not normal at all. Um, so you probably have like a really extreme amount of inflammation just in that finger. Um, so I'll schedule you in to get some steroid um, shots. Funny, kind of exactly like how your story started, Janessa. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't, you know, again, that was just like another thing on top of everything else that had been going on. So I wasn't really too phased by that idea. Um, and I went in, it was this September that I went in for the injections. I took my mum with me, <laughs> literally like she was gonna like hold my hand because how they do it in the UK, I don't know if this is how they do it in the US, but you go in and have an ultrasound and the inject- the injector is like guided by the ultrasound. So he finds the inflammation and he knows he's putting the needle in directly where the inflammation uh, is. What? Is that, no. is that what they do? <laughs> no. No, that sounds actually like that honestly sounds a little bit better than here no when i've had it done they just feel your joint with their fingers and they find the spot and then they give you the numbing spray then they give you a number and then they just put the needle and they wiggle the needle in your joint while doing it it is horrific i (laughs) sorry i'm like can we get a little ultrasound going (laughs) (laughs) i will say though i wonder if that is just because it was my fingers because there isn't, Maybe. there isn't exactly a lot of wiggle room in a finger, is there? That's, no, Whereas, I don't think like, much. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think much. Whereas like a knee or something, I guess, like fingers are like tiny, aren't they? So I will, um, I will preface that before everyone in America starts like rioting at the Capitol. We are going to riot then, <laughs> with our pumpkin spice lattes in hand. I'm just <laughs> oh God. Um, so yeah. Um, so he was um, doing the ultrasound. He had the needle ready to go and I was freaking out like almost in tears, to be honest, like squeezing my mum's hand for like life and death. Um, and he was like, actually, I don't think we're going to be able to fix this by injections. And I was like, oh, and he was like, your um, pulley is completely torn. So we can't fix that with injections. So I'm going to have to refer you to a surgeon. And I was literally just like, here we fucking go. Like every time I'd like been to the doctor, they've been like, oh, it's probably not this. Like exactly with my RA, they were like, it's probably not RA and it was RA. I go in like, oh, it's probably information. It's not information. It's just like the absolute story of my life. Um, So yeah, so that was quite something to digest. Honestly, at the time, I think I was just like secretly happy that I didn't have to have those injections right then (laughs) without really like considering that everything was probably gonna get so much worse. Um, So yeah, we kind of, we left that, we waited for the surgeon to get back to us. Obviously in the UK, the waiting times can be kind of long. So it was January the next year um, that I saw the surgeon for the first time and he'd reviewed the 
um, imagery that the ultrasound person had taken. And it was funny, he'd actually reviewed it with his peers because he'd never seen anything like it before. And I feel like that's another classic thing for me as well. Like things just happened to me and it's like the first time a surgeon's ever seen it. I'm like, of course, of course, why would anything just happen normally? So he'd (laughs) taken it to his like board of peers of all the hand surgeons in the UK. And they were like, wow, fascinating. Yeah, get her open, get her open. Let's get a look at that. So it was funny, he actually was really keen to do it. So he scheduled it in for like two weeks after that appointment because he just couldn't wait to see what was going on inside my hand. Um, So yeah, kind of similar to Janessa, we went in for the day. My boyfriend at the time took me there. I went to like outpatients, uh, which is like kind of, it kind of sounds like the hospital you went to. Like Mm -hmm. it wasn't like the big major hospital. It's just like a little side bit that they have going on. And I actually, it was local anesthetic for me, I think because it definitely is like, it's a lot less heavy duty than like shaving off bits of bone. Like we knew it was just a tendon situation, but also while we're talking about anesthetic, I would resist going under general anesthetic so hard. Like I'm just like such a control freak. I don't trust anyone. I don't definitely don't trust like doctors, surgeons, even though you kind of have to. Yeah that I just love being awake. I've had a few different operations in my life and all of them I've been awake for and I wouldn't have it any other way. I just feel like they they must perform better because you're there with them, you know? I feel like yeah. if, you're just, if you're just like a knocked out body on a table, they're just, they could be sloppy. But if I'm there, mm-hmm. like, how's it going, doc? They don't, they can't afford to be sloppy. <laughs> so. That is so badass. <laughs> I literally, oh my God, that is like, fucking amazing Amy I literally am like put me out I don't want to know I don't want to see but that's a bit how's it going I love that damn they end up sweating they end up sweating they're like everything's fine Amy please stop asking um so yeah um but we had a vibe going on in the operating theater honestly like I I remember I was playing like he asked me what playlist I wanted we had some tropical house music going in the background yeah you get to choose your music you're like the whole the gang's all here they have like two nurses and like the surgeon and like another person that like gives the surgeon instruments like you really get a good you can really get a good rapport going with the group that's amazing (laughs) and to Um, be clear instruments for surgery not musical instruments just get a band going they're like hey it was at my request that I had um yeah no you're right it was just the the surgery um instruments um so yeah they um gave me loads of injections in my hand for the local anesthetic which honestly was the worst bit like those local anesthetic injections are so painful I reckon I probably had like 25 injections in my hand um which when you have just like a skinny little bony hand that's not really it's not very pleasant Mm -hmm. um and then they like strap strapped my hand down and opened it up and what they ended up doing was like you they removed the RA inflammation from the finger and from my palm so again my mind was kind of blown that that was even a concept because rheumatoid arthritis it doesn't seem like a physical thing does it Mm -hmm. it feels like the name of a disease 
but like knowing that they can actually remove physical matter from your body related to it was trippy for me to comprehend at the time um so they removed that and they completely released the pulley that was torn so my understanding of it is you have tendons running up every finger and then where your fingers bend you have a pulley which controls like the movement of the tendon and your finger can like bend even if you only have like three of the five pulleys or something as an example so we just ditched the pulley <laughs> they just cut it open um and yeah i think that was it and then they and then they sewed it back up so oh my god wait we're not done wait did you see the inside of your hand no. like your your finger were you seeing this no he um he offered but i was like i don't want to vomit like i was like i feel yeah. like this situation would get so much worse if i vomited i think going back in time i kind of wish i had because like how fascinating but mm -hmm. I was just too scared. I didn't want to make it worse for them, you know? Like I didn't want to faint yeah. or freak out or cry, or, you know, like whatever. I was just mm -hmm. like, it's not it's not worth the risk. My yes. curiosity like wasn't wasn't worth the risk of anything going wrong. So I didn't look, but um, so wait, how did it would you have been... not look? Like, did you look the other way or was there like a, a like, um, I don't, like uh, yeah. the, I don't know, like a, what am I trying to say? A curtain <laughs> like, or something? <laughs> No, I was so I was laying flat on my back on the bed and then uh -huh. my arm, my left arm was like sticking out on like a separate trolley mm -hmm. and they were all like crowded around the trolley. So it just oh. I just I just didn't look at my hand. I was Whoa. just kind of like looking up at the ceiling rather than my arm. But no, there was Damn. no curtain or anything. Oh, and it had loads of like blue paper around it. So that Sweet. was kind of blocking it off a bit as well. And I think actually the surgeon might have been right-handed and he was, so he was kind of blocking, his arm movements were kind of blocking my view as well. Oh, and oh my gosh, that is so crazy. Wow. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Um, <laughs> and I, but this is also, it's just brought back a memory, which is so me. I got, <laughs> before I had the surgery, I got eyelash extensions and a spray tan. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Amy because <laughs> I was like I might struggle to put my mascara on and I'm definitely gonna struggle to fake tan so <laughs> yes gotta, gotta get myself um fight, yeah get myself looking good for the <laughs> for the surgery mm, all the bases um, are covered <laughs> yeah gonna get those bases covered um so yeah it was a success um and I was out within like two hours and because it was just local an anesthetic they don't make you stay I think they I stayed for like 20 minutes and had like an orange squash just to make sure I wasn't gonna faint or anything and then I went out and it was funny because my boyfriend at the time took me to get pancakes and I had a, <laughs> I had a I had a literal meltdown <laughs> get, getting pancakes because you know when you're you're like in survival mode like I think like my fight or flight was just going absolutely insane you know like someone's literally like cutting me open Mm -hmm. And it, my adrenaline calmed down when I was in the restaurant and I just like was sobbing, crying. Like my face was Aww. bright red burning. Yeah. Um, and I also, probably similar to you, but you know when you first come out of a surgery and you have the most ludicrous get up, like I had this massive, bearing in mind I just had like my hand operated on, I had oh. a huge purple foam 
elbow sling brace that went like all the way up to my shoulder it looked ridiculous so um I think that wasn't I just like such an idiot with like massive eyelash extensions and a foam (laughs) arm (laughs) yeah so we did that and then came home and kind of like you the the immediate recovery period was really painful that's the thing I remember about it most like obviously for that day, I still had the local anesthetic working, so that was fine. But after the local anesthetic wore off, Jesus Christ, like there's just nothing like an operation to remind you what like burning pain is. Like mm-hmm. the, you know, the kind of pain where you can't sleep and it just, oh, I remember, I can still remember how painful it was. Um, mm-hmm. Again, not to put anyone off if you're about to have a surgery. <laughs> um, you get through it, you get it through it. And exactly like you, I was having, all the codeine and vibing out to the Kardashians most of the day. Yes, um, mine was selling sunsets. Oh, great. And it was like yeah. the first season was out and then also a show called Botched, which I shouldn't have been watching <laughs> after a surgery. It was like all these botched like surgeries and I was like, why am I watching this? Love that. <laughs> Love that. You really do just need like the trash TV, turn your brain off when you're recovering from surgery. Um but I don't know if anyone remembers from our first um, episode where I spoke about my the way I compartmentalize everything and just get on with stuff. I was working again within like two days. What the, the sur- fuck? The, yeah, the surgeon signed me off for six weeks and I was working at home um, within like, yeah, a few days. Cause I just like, I just needed to do it at that time. Like it was how I coped with like it's how I felt normal it's how I felt like I was still attached to my old life was working so I just um obviously my right hand was fine it was just my left hand but I just could not give myself a break and it's so funny because I would be the opposite now if I had like a toenail removed I'd be off work for a month truly like I, I would take any excuse now to not work Uh, But at that time, I just, yeah, it was part of my coping mechanism, I think, was sticking with work. Um, Yeah, crazy, crazy bitch. My goodness. (laughs) Yes, the music, the like, oh my gosh, what a vibe though. Wow. So yeah, I I was similar to you. I think it was a few months really of physio and which I did not do an adequate amount of like I do not have the right mobility back in that finger because uh, yeah I just couldn't be asked I was really lazy when it came to physio so that would be my number one advice actually for anyone who's about to go into a surgery do the physio like Mm -hmm. even if it's hard and a drag or you don't want to do it or for whatever reason you have a mental barrier against it you have to push through it because you're just fucking yourself up for life if you don't do it honestly like you're just not giving yourself the best chance and why would you not give yourself the best chance you can so you got to do it I wish I had done it Mm -hmm. Um, I'm also gonna say I did not do the full extent of physio Mm. I did quite a lot of it but they wanted me to go on for like another year and I was like dude I can't keep taking off work but I should have it would have helped more um but yeah yeah listen to Amy listen to Amy folks (laughs) um but yeah that was that was kind of the story to be honest like I I kind of another thing that sort of shows how much I've changed in this time 
is I really, along with not doing my physio, I really wasn't taking care of myself at all. I mean, I obviously I was in like my early twenties, but my boyfriend at the time was a, like a house music DJ and he was doing his first event um, ever in the history of ever that he'd like scheduled in. And obviously I had my surgery so quickly, like I literally had the meeting with a surgeon and then I was in the surgery two weeks later. So I really felt I had to go to this event for him when I absolutely shouldn't like I'd literally had the surgery like a week ago I was in a sling and I was literally at a rave until god knows what time in the morning and just yeah all of this stuff that definitely is not who I am now and I shouldn't have been doing it really so I just wanted to shout that out as you got to take care of yourself after these things like you need to take these things seriously and I think it's like really a miracle that I recovered as well as I did and it's probably a testament to my youth but yeah another bit of sage advice is just stay at home and take really good care of yourself yeah yes damn damn Amy you were a you were a force I a was a force <laughs> and we can put a spin on it positively but I really uh-huh. don't think it was positive like when I look yeah. back it was like it was like damaging behaviors that I was just trying to cope but mm-hmm. yeah I was I got I've got some I got some energy some spirit in me that I can bring out when I want to I think yes for sure yes dang well before we wrap up the episode I wanted to like highlight something you said in the beginning mm. of your story too that I didn't actually say this on mine but I totally understand what you said you said not you weren't sure if anything was wrong because the amount of pain you were already in yeah that was for me too like I mm. knew I couldn't move my elbow but I I ignored it for a long time because I was like this is normal this is all right it just hurts yeah it just, life is pain you know <laughs> um but it, but it wasn't normal yeah. so I was like oh my gosh yeah um so yeah don't ignore your body even if you think it's normal like your your doctor is there for a reason and bug them make them yeah tell for you sure mm-hmm. bring everything up like everything's worth mentioning because you never know when it is going to be something important like yeah. write your write your journals like write your medical journals talk about things at appointments and I know sometimes it can feel slightly as though doctors like are dismissive of of what you bring up Mm -hmm. but it's still worth mentioning because like you know for every 15 things that they dismiss one thing might be interesting to them so it's worth mentioning at home Mm -hmm. totally and um yeah I feel like it's been a long time since we mentioned it but Amy has made like a really awesome medical journal um Mm. so if you are looking for that or even interested in trying it you should definitely check that out and Amy where can they find that that is on rheumatoidgirls.com, which you can go on. There's like a little shop page. And yeah, I think it should also be linked on the Rheumatoid Girls like link tree in my bio. And maybe we can put it in the bio of this episode as well. But it has, it's got, it's got good notes for tracking your symptoms and just reflecting on your illness and stuff. So yeah, check it out if you're interested in that. Thanks mm-hmm. again, Janessa, for the plug. Yeah, of course. No, I um amy gifted me one and it's 
like it's beautiful it's just really well done and it's aesthetically pleasing and I feel like when you're already going through medical stuff you know how unesthetically pleasing a lot of it is so it just feels nice that was like one of my aims I was looking at them all and I was like I mean the one that they gave me I don't know if they gave you a a book when you were first diagnosed but they gave me like a rheumatoid arthritis diary when I was diagnosed and Jesus Christ that made me sob like there was no tomorrow it was just like the most depressing thing like a whole page about like helplines for mental health when you reach a level of depression that you can't cope with anymore and you're like oh my god yeah all of that although all those fun things (laughs) nope nope, not in the u.s they're just like good luck (laughs) but honestly though is that worse because with my my journal made it worse for me i was just like fuck this isn't how i feel at all am i gonna feel like this like yeah sometimes i do feel sometimes i do feel like it's like the the less you know the better sometimes Mm -hmm. when it comes to those medical things yeah I agree. Sometimes leaving some room for miracles is very important. Mm-hmm. Uh, very. Yes. I love uh, that. Well, I, yeah, I hope that our stories, you know, reach someone. And if you are considering getting the surgery done, I mean, of course, follow your gut and intuition, but also know that it can be really helpful. Um, yeah. And that there are a lot of other things you can look up to in the meantime if you want to try them before surgery. Yeah, I think that I want to also give a shout out to an Instagram account, Raven mm-hmm. Takes on RA. Do you yes, follow her, Janessa? I love. Okay, I actually have a yeah. quick funny story. When I first started um, YouTube, I was Jay Takes on RA, and yes. then I saw a video that said uh, Raven Takes on RA, and I was like, oh my gosh, oh no. And I looked and she had been so established for years. And I'm like, oh, no, it looks like I've totally copied this account. So I I changed my name, but to something more fitting for me. But it was funny that that's how I found her. But she is solid. She is such a light. Yeah, she's killing it. But I think she I think she definitely just had one knee replacement. She might have had Mm -hmm. a double. I think she might have had a double. I think she has double. Yeah, Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, But following her journey of her recovering from that has been so inspirational she's been like at the gym and she's been generously sharing everything that she's been doing and it's been blowing my little mind out of my head so that's a really good account um to look at if you're on the list for a joint replacement replacement I'd say yeah also if you're like family planning and have RA like Mm -hmm. she has such a beautiful kiddo like yeah I'm just like oh so cute so she also is very candid and honest about her pregnancy Mm -hmm. with RA Mm, yeah she's a good one mm-hmm. yes raven Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right well thank you all so much for being here and we are looking forward to having you back here in two weeks mm. and until then remember to let the light in goodbye Bye. Bye-bye.